I started to reread it last night and fell asleep, so I don't know mm. how far I got. But. I've been sleeping a lot. <laughs> it's kind of appropriate just... given that this chapter is called Dream Time. <laughs> well, no, I, it's, it's appropriate given that I have shingles. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> that too. Welcome to season nine of Parfic with. <laughs> <laughs> We can't rock it like we used to. <laughs> Most of us are going to bring a hit. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Wait, so they turned Snape into the chef from The Little Mermaid? You just can't say that to the Dark Lord. <laughs> but I digress. Us digress? Never. <laughs> no, never, never. Chickens with Sue Hour. <laughs> My mom went to Hawaii and all she brought me was a stupid chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it just... <laughs> Good night, guys. I'm already falling asleep. I think I did at one point. Mr. Potter, what are you doing at the Wizarding Mart? Yeah. Holy shit, did I fall asleep through the whole fucking thing almost? Apparently. <laughs> that is going in an intro, too, please. Where the hosts are all our friends. Somehow the tangents seem to blend. Come on our journey round the bend Artific Weekly Where the story never ends Welcome to part three of Revelation. Is that right? Revelation. Uh, realizations. Realization, realizations. I didn't have it in front of me. That's like, what I had my dog called. That's what you called it earlier. It's um, an R word. You know, welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the podcast, the parent the podcast tip. of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Kat. And I'm Mooney. And Trisha is not here tonight because she ran a half marathon yesterday and is still recuperating. Oy vey. We are starting. Congrats, Trisha. Two, three of three. Realizations. We're starting with chapter, chapter 16. 16 I have two questions before we start this week's chapters that I okay. think I forgot to ask last time. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So number one, we've got a muggle lady and her muggle-born kids who are going into the leaky cauldron. Do they yes. not see any magic? So after they the... go in, or did I totally miss something? Okay. So you'll find out later. Yeah, that okay. comes up later. And it number does. two. How do they think? How does everybody else think that Harry is related to them when the the three of them are clearly American? No, because so so part of it is they're not paying attention to what people are saying. They're just you know everybody in the Wizarding World just goes by looks, right? Mm, so it's two uh, a, a brown haired woman and a brown haired woman and two black haired kids. Like they look like a family. Is basically mm. you know I suppose yeah. And they ate dinner together, and and there was like instant bonding going on. So it it, it looked like you know they he's were like carrying the youngest child because mm-hmm. he's hairy and yeah. he's nice. But it looks like oh that well, yeah, kid's I got, I got that part, but just the rest of it was like yeah. uh, it's Sparky's you know siblings. 
Yeah. Right. And they're not paying attention to accents. No. I'm, my assumption is that the leaky cauldron is generally kind of noisy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we start with Harry. It's still Saturday, July 15th. It's been Saturday, July 15th for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really busy day. It's a busy day for this boy. I don't know. Nothing will beat the day he killed Voldemort. Like the poor, the three of them were up from like five o'clock in the morning before until like three a.m. Yes, but that's that's canon. That's a canon that I uh, I tend to ignore. Adrenaline keeps you awake. So well, that's what Harry needs right now because he's rubbing his eyes. He's trying to finish the correspondence he started before dinner. Uh, he made a sample letter last week, and he's using that as the template of all of them. And then he's just sending a, a little bit different messages to each of his yeah. correspondents. Taking the bits that each person would care about and putting them in. And mm-hmm. probably won't talk about Quidditch in Hermione's letter. And he won't talk about his classes or his you know, essays and such as much in Ron's letter. And, and so I on. have a sneaking suspicion that Tom was a Slytherin at Hogwarts because he's thinking about how he returns from Janet's house and Tom's just like, don't bother going into the kitchen or the dining room, you know, just go back upstairs. They think you're already gone. And it's just like, Tom's being sneaky here. <laughs> Wise, but mm-hmm. sneaky. Because Tom seems to know the art of not n- not lying to people, but making them think things based on actions. Here's an opportunity to make people think Sparky doesn't live here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take it. That's what makes him a really good innkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's just it's 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 funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> because 90% of the reason why Harry got away with all this is because Tom is sneaky like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. He picked the right place to go. Yep. I wonder how old Tom is. It's varied because I think partially because um, my theory is that um, Tom is in his 50s, but when you're 11, your perspective of 50 is they're old. Like everybody over 30 when you're a kid is old. That's true. Um, but when you're on this side of 50, you don't think you're old at all. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, but what, what I don't also, know. I'm getting there. Also, when you get to like 15, you know, to 20, 50 doesn't seem as old because like suddenly true. your, your perspective of, because, um, uh, there's actually studies behind this that it's basically because a year of your, when you're 10 or 11, a year of your life is, you know, basically 10% of your life. And that's such a huge percentage. So when you're 17, it's a much smaller percentage. It's like half that size. And when you get to be 53, a year happens in a blink of an eye. Right. Mm -hmm. So the the point is essentially like, you know, when you're 10 or 11, you think 50 year olds are old because you can't imagine your perspective of that long of a time is kind of unfathomable to your brain. It's five times as old as you are. Yeah. But when Um, you're 20, it's only two times. Well, I mean, because I just got to thinking, you know, it would be really interesting if Tom and Tom were in the same house around the same time. Yeah. So I, I, um, Tom is described as really old in the first book, and then he seems to like grow younger as the books span. 
So I, I feel like it's re- it's it's funny, but it's true. So I feel like he's like Benjamin he be Button, like, huh? In his like mid forties and just like be like around. Mm-hmm. He's old enough that he's started losing his hair, but not necessarily yeah. the bald hunchback from movie three because that's very strange. But also, I don't know. Prince I mean, William's been losing his hair, and he's only in his thirties. My um, mm-hmm. my grandfather started losing his hair in his twenties, so. I mean, yeah, losing, that's not really a good that's not indicator. <laughs> that's, that is not a, and my, my other grandfather was going gray by, by his 20s, and I'm going gray, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's one of those things of it. Tom has never, he's only described, but it's based on Harry's perspective, and Harry's none too observant. So I'm no, sure. Not at all. I'm sure if we had a book from Hermione's point of view, we'd have like exact ages of all these ancillary characters. Mm-hmm. We'd we'd have like age ranges and names. <laughs> yeah, she looks to be like she should be somewhere between thirty-five and forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like we'd know who our other two roommates are. Yes. Well, no, we have like, I mean, the, the books would be like five times as long because we have yes, descriptions about everything. <laughs> We'd know exactly what happens in all the classes. Like none of the fans would have any questions about anything because there'd just be like descriptions of everything everywhere. Hmm. Apparently he's mentioned at some point in one of the flashbacks between um, Dumbledore and Tom Riddle. So if it's the same Tom, then he would be quite old by the time we get to Harry. Yes, that's but true. There could be, you know, his dad could have been Tom. That's so. true, too. There's also, I mean, it, it's also possible that the Tom Riddle clan continued. I mean, we know that Tom came back after Merope, um, but we know nothing else besides that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Tom Riddle... No. Slash what? Wait, what? Okay, Tom Riddle Sr., the muggle. Oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So, we... we too many did, Toms. We, there are too many Toms. So it's possible that Tom Riddle Sr. had a daughter in there somewhere who, you know, had Tom, you know, the innkeeper. It, it's, you know... It's quite possible. <laughs> but I, I, you know, Tom's a fairly common name, so I think it's just coincidence that, you know... They're both named Tom. Yeah. Right. I don't expect them to be related. But no, even it's if not they were the Mark in Mark Evans fiasco. Yeah. Yes. Although that led to some interesting fix. Oh no, man, sure. there was the Tom the Mark Evans era. I I really don't want to return to that era. That was just a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Apparently the description we get at the very beginning is quite bald and resembling a toothless walnut. But again, what that means, I don't know. Harry is not observant, and second, you know, when you're 11, <laughs> mm-hmm. it could be anywhere from 50 to 95. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who the hell knows? So yeah, it's, I mean, it's varied with fan fiction, and and in different books, they like he acts different ages. It's very weird. <laughs> Um, but Maybe yeah, he's under polyjuice or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but he's um basically um he's he's dreaming um to get back to the fic 
because we really should get back yeah. to the facts. Um, he he's uh, he basically um, he, he goes upstairs to um, poke at, at the letters and may and and maybe go explore the box of from Mrs. Figs. Um, and his scar is hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he it, decides that he's gonna get a piece of paper and write down notes. He thinks about just writing it down straight on uh, Dumbledore's magic paper, but he he thinks of how disjointed it is, so he needs to write it down on his own paper and then go back yeah. through his notes and write something fairly coherent. And, and then, yeah. He hears Voldemort saying, Time, Wormtail, Severus, activate Porky. And what he, he knows about S- Snape is that Snape doesn't like Porky's, and so... Voldemort is sending him on this wild, varied trip because Snape hates Porky, so he's being Porky from here to there to there to here to there. Well, it's also, he's, um, for the first time, he's concentrating on what's happening, Mm -hmm. so the connection clears up. A little bit, yeah. Um, So, and he's confused, he's, like, trying to figure out if he's controlling it, if Voldemort's controlling it, if he can do it again. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, well, he figures out this. there is something going on. Yes. Because uh, it's an exertion, which it hasn't been before. Yeah. And now his scar hurts much more, and he notes that it always seems to hurt more when the connection is more clear. Uh, Makes and sense. he decides, all right, well, there's something going on with this. that I must have increased the flow of whatever it is. And he kind of is trying to... Both listen and figure out what's happening. So he's, um, so Voldemort is trying to get Wormtail to relax because Severus is, um, is, it, uh, Pettigrew's afraid of Severus Snape. Um, which I think is kind of weird. Like, it just as a character beat of like, you're, you're afraid of Severus, more, you're more afraid of Severus Snape than you are of the people that you betrayed. Yeah. Um, which I, it, it, it's a very, it's very, yeah, it, it's and very, Snape used to pick back, I think. Yeah. So it's very inclusive for Peter, but you know, it's just like, it's a weird, it's an odd beat, but he, there are a lot of odd beats in canon for Peter. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but also, um, Voldemort is saying that they're going somewhere else. So Harry kind of panics because he's not sure that he can go to where they're going. Right. Um, and basically, um, he realizes his scar is hurting because Voldemort has been casting Cruciatus because he's angry the, about the delays. Um, and then we cut to black. No, we switch <laughs> scenes to um, Arabella, Sirius, and Remus uh, talking about Harry and um, essentially about how... Um, Harry and Hermione did not react well to Sirius kidnapping Ron. No, no they did not. And while they're talking, Arabella's cats crawl all over Sirius because yeah. they like him, and probably <laughs> because they're cats, and cats are a pain in the neck, so if they know that you don't like cats, they will be all over you. And so he turns into a dog to scare them all off, and when he does that, he smells Harry. Yeah. Finally. He gets a wolf. So, so yeah, it's, it's like, okay, finally you guys are starting to figure it out. <laughs> and he finds the note that Harry left. Yeah. 
And he's like, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Fig. I know that it's weird that I'm in your house, but your door sort of like opened up for me. And I don't know how to explain it. And then I'm getting ready to leave, but there's this box that wants to come with me. And I tried to tell it no, but it won't take no for an answer. So it's going with me and I won't open it for a while in case I've made a mistake, but it's got my name on it. If it's something I'm not supposed to have, please owl me and I'll get it back to you. Yours sincerely, Harry Potter. So this is where okay. they explain the recognition charms. Yes. But Harry, so it's been like two weeks or whatever. Yes. And Harry hasn't been wondering, Mrs. Fig hasn't owled me. What's going on? Or am I forgetting well, he's that? Been so so Harry him if there was a problem. Yeah. That's true. So, That's true. So it's kind of like the, no uh, news you send news. somebody an email of like, and we do this at the help desk all the time. Like, you know, if you, if you need any further assistance, email us. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you don't have to do anything. Just let me know if there are any issues. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it's just basically silence. It means the issue's over and we can, you know, move on to no news what? is good news. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like me who needs help from the help desk. But don't have a half a minute to sit down at, well, it's going to take longer than that, to call them up from the other computer so that we can work on my computer to make figure out why the heck my text reader is not working anymore. But it's planting season at my house, and there is no time. I'm lucky to get to do this. Mm-hmm. So, mom's going to be out planting tomatoes this evening. Mm, we haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, she's got some out in the stand and probably... Mm-hmm close to 14 or 15 that we're going to plant here. So Remus mm. figures out that it's hair. It was Harry's scent at the leaky cauldron. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thinks he's not hundred percent sure, yeah. but he thinks he, he's, he's pretty, you know, certain, but he can't figure out how old the scent is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and you know, that's the thing is his name wasn't on the guest registrar. They don't know how old it is. So he could have just stopped by, to go through to Green Gods and then, you know, gone away again. Right. Um, and then they go out, so Padfoot goes outside and they realize that the, the um, scent keeps dropping and reappearing. Because um, it rained. Because it rained the night that Harry was there. Um, and then it ends abruptly, so they think that he probably got on the night bus. Yeah. But they think it's weird that nobody recognized him. Yeah. Because he's Harry freaking Potter. Yeah. <laughs> But Stan and, and what's his name aren't the smartest crayons in the box, the sharpest crayons no. in the box. And they don't they don't care. Remember, it. yeah. Yeah. So then we're back to Harry and Who has uh, he's, fallen asleep. He's fallen asleep and he's it, it feels odd. It feels different than when you he regularly dreamed. Um and he realizes he's at Voldemort's headquarters. And he's next to Fox the Phoenix. And Fox is speaking to him. Yes. This was just bizarre. Yes. It's, it, it'll be explained much later. But it is kind of bizarre. A fledgling. A fledgling. A baby. Mm-hmm. I am not a baby. I'm um, taking you to your next transportation source. So he takes him and he drops him off in a port key trail. Yeah. And Harry, like... It, it, you know, it's like he's dropped through space. He lands in this thing and it grabs him. It's like landing in a roller coaster and it just jerks him around. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, I'm not sure I want to be in this, but okay. I'm sorry, but this is where we must part, fledgling. Wait, no! 
too late. Yep. And he's like, okay, I gotta wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And it's not working. Yeah. But then he finally he gets to where Snape is being port keyed and where this interrogation is happening, and he gets to actually see the scene. Yeah, it takes him a little bit of time to figure out how to move. Once yeah. he figures it out, then he's able to he sh- make it work. just sort of gets to, like, outside the cottage at first, and he's like, okay, uh, maybe I can walk. No, that's not working. Can I do, like, a swimming motion? Mm. And I'm just sort of hovering, and this is nowhere helpful. And it's like, ah, I just want to be over there, and then he's over there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he kind of just goes right through the wall, mm-hmm. which he thinks is really weird. Which is very, very weird. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's an invisible ghost, sort of. And we move to the next chapter. It's, it's all, all in, the in the details. It's Sunday. Yay! <laughs> We've changed days. We've changed days, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Only took... How, how many chapters has it been? The 15th? four or five <laughs> chapters. Yeah. yeah. And we have poor... Tom is asleep in the chair next to Harry's bed, but he doesn't realize that. And the cat is waking him up with her whiskers, and he's like, ah, ah, and he wakes up, and he's like, wait a minute, why am I not in bed? Wait a minute, where am I? Oh, wait, I'm with Harry. Yeah. Because he found Harry the night before fairly unresponsive, and he thinks that Harry is going to be very sick today. And he had a fever, like, last night, and... Yeah. I think um, his tracking charm said warning on it. <laughs> yeah. It was six and a half chapters we were on Saturday. Oh, God. We started that's in the middle of chapter time. nine. <laughs> Even Joe doesn't do that. So uh, Tom had put the tracking spell on him when he took the the family home and didn't really cancel it. So he goes to cancel it, and it's got warning on it. And he's like, uh-oh, did Harry slip back out? No, it says he's here. So he heads up to check on him, and Harry's just sort of sitting there. Fell, looks like he fell asleep, but his T-shirt and pants, uh, oh, he's got on like sweatpants and a T-shirt, and he talks to him and stuff, and he doesn't respond, and he touches him, and he's sort of sweaty, and he thinks that he's really sick. Yeah. So he, Tom had tucked him into bed and, and got him in clothes that, transfigured clothes that wouldn't overheat him. Um, and, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's expecting, he, he came back armed with a fever reducer and some pepper up, expecting that Harry was going to be, uh, very, very ill. And while well, he looked a bit peaky, a little bit like, you know, like he had a cold, but he, you know, everything else is, he was fine. And he's like, ah, maybe I need my tea. And Harry gets up and and takes a shower and comes downstairs. And and he's like, wait, you're supposed to be sick. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. Harry's like, I feel fine. It's all good. I need to write to Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, so Harry all of a sudden lets out a strangled cry and his hands go to his forehead. This is still the night before. Yeah. And he shudders convulsively. And Tom's like, Harry, Harry, are you okay? Wake up. And he sort of wakes up and he's like, I gotta, I gotta write this letter to Dumbledore. And so Tom gives him the letters, the notebook that he writes in and he writes a little bit and then he pretty much just passes out again. So I love this alarm clock. Mm, Yeah. That would get me up. I think I would break it. It would be very annoying. Mm -hmm. 
But I love the I, fact that once I you remember do- it from somewhere. I I don't think it's reading this fic. I like no. Um, it was I don't from, think it is either. Yeah, it was a movie or a commercial or something that it was in. Yeah, I, I don't think it was what. from the Harry Potter universe. I think there was something. You know, this is a callback to something from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do like the fact that the once the clock is deactivated, it switches to too early to be up, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. <laughs> Oh, sure. thanks. Why did you go off then? <laughs> yeah. Out of bed, you sleepyhead. Out of bed, you sleepyhead. Out of bed, you sleepyhead. Out of bed. I'd kill it. <laughs> yeah, I would do it. Yeah. And Harry just lets it go on for the longest time because he <laughs> thinks it's Aunt Petunia. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what happened? Am I am I in a different bedroom? Uh, I don't understand. Oh! Yeah, that's <laughs> right. My family abandoned me. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> And meanwhile, Tom's downstairs going through his potion supply because he, he found out that it's he's a good innkeeper. He keeps various potions on hand for different ailments because at one point somebody needed a stomach. They pretty much needed Pepto-Bismol. And he didn't have any, and the poor person had to hang out all night until he could get to the apothecary and get him something. So now he keeps... A, yeah. And And Harry's like stressing about the fact that Tom, uh, you know, found him, you know, dreaming about Voldemort and, um, he's afraid that Tom's going to kick him out. Mm -hmm. And also Tom had told him the day before that he wanted to talk to him about something. And so Harry's a little worried about that as well. Yeah. It's always never a good phrase from an adult. Yeah. Well, from anyone, really. It's just like, I need to talk to you about something. It's just, my parents actually um, texted me, we have to talk to you, said nothing else. And then, like, so I rushed through, like, everything that I had to do. And at the end of my day, they're like, oh, we just wanted to chat. It's just like, are you serious? Like, you don't say that. And then just want to yeah. chat. <laughs> don't panic me like that. Oh, I was at a birthday party on Saturday night, and I got home. About 8 o'clock, the house was unlocked, the TV was on, but stopped, the lights were all on, and I'm like, Mom, I'm home. Nothing. Oh, dear. Go outside, look around. Nope, she's not in the chicken coop. Nope, she's not in this, she's not in that. I think, well, maybe she went to the farm stand as I was coming up the driveway, and we just missed each other. So I'm standing there, and I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, I hear footsteps. No, I didn't hear footsteps. So I checked, and her purse was missing, but her car was still here. So that didn't make sense. So I'm standing there panicking because I can't find her anywhere. But, you know, the house is unlocked. The car is still here. Where could she have gone? And finally, here she comes up the driveway. She took my truck instead of her car because she needed something big. And she's like, oh, I was going to make you your birthday breakfast tomorrow, and I didn't have buttermilk. So I just ran out to the store, and I'm like, no note, car gone. Yep. Occasionally, Sue is Molly Weasley. Yes, yes. on occasion. I figured I, it out. I it's the, the clock is from Sister Act. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. It's what the the young novice bequeaths to uh, Mary Clarence, uh, mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg's character, to get her up in time for the various morning <laughs> nun things. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, that's um, my brother. My brother said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, you know what I want for my birthday? I want you to take me to your friend's play because he is in Sister Act. Nice. So we're going to go see Sister Act. And it was really fun, too. They did a great job. The songs were all original and just really great. So if you have the opportunity to go see Sister Act, do it. If you can get tickets. So he speaks to Tom, and Tom has gotten the letter from Dumbledore about using the owl, Mm -hmm. uh, the Leaky Cauldron's owl. And Tom's a little confused, um, but he assumes that Dumbledore doesn't want to presume anything about, you know, using the owl. Um, He's like, sure, you could just jump downstairs and use it, whatever. Yeah. This, This is what's confusing to me. Harry's a little whinging, or they assumed that that's where he was when when they started this whole rigmarole. Yes, yes. So how is Tom's owl supposed to? How is Tom just randomly send owls over there every once in a while? No, I assume Harry sends Hedwig with the letter to Tom, and then Tom sends a letter with one of the owls. But that's still having. And nobody's going to notice that. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't. That's a plot hole, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure unless, Dumbledore unless, has thought this through. No. Unless the owls are uber smart and know that Harry's going to send a letter, so they fly over to number four <laughs> and get it from him. They, they read his mind. <laughs> the owls are psychic. Yeah. <laughs> they just Tom just sends an owl over there every two days, just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go check and see what Harry needs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, Tom is is also concerned about Harry's health um, because of last night. And Harry's like, wait, you're concerned about owls and my health? Like, you know, and he's like, so I can still stay here then? Like, you know, and Tom's like, what? (laughs) Of course, why would you think you couldn't? Because that's my expectation of everything when adults want to talk to me. Yeah. And Tom's like, you know, just like resting a hand on his on his arm and 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 trying to calm him down. And um, Harry is like, you know, thinking about how how the fact that like the Dursleys never touched him positively; it was always like a negative touch. Um, And he's like very slowly. He was very slowly getting used to it with Molly. but, like, now he's also got Janet and Tom and, like, you know, watching Janet, you know, do it to Kitty and Becky and, like, trying to, like, accept the fact that Hermione and Hagrid's hugs and all that stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, basically, um, Tom's assuming that it's because of what Rita Skeeter wrote and trying to assure him that, um, you know, there are plenty of witches and wizards who were, you know, besmirched by her and he's not going to pay it in any mind, which is, I, I think, kind of um, ignorant of Tom because obviously Tom or Harry's fear extends beyond, you know, what Rita Skeeter wrote about him. But he doesn't know that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like... For somebody who's that observant, True. like, there's a difference between abuse victim and, you know, somebody who is, you know, treated badly by a journalist. True. But on the other hand, nobody else noticed it either. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And Tom's starting to kind of think about it and make some, some 
Yes, Tom's... Up on some of this stuff. He's like, oh, wait, those horribly oversized clothes were hand-me-downs from his cousin. And when Harry bought his clothes, it was his first new ones since he was a toddler and all this stuff. And he's figuring out that, yeah, maybe his relatives didn't really take care of him like they were supposed to. Yeah. And then the clock says, hey, it's time to get the place open. So they have to yeah. rush around and figure things out. And Harry goes to fetch Jim, quote unquote. So basically he's going to transform into Jim. Right. He's going to go get his headband and stuff. Yeah. Put his headband and contacts on. Yeah. I can just picture a very Potter musical, Harry. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's huh. the thing. It's like, you know, all, and this is before... You know, a very popular film. When the headband came out, I started laughing hysterically, and nobody around me understood why. And I'm just like, it's a headband. <laughs> mm-hmm. This yeah. is from, let's see, started 2007. in 2003, or 2000, yeah. updated in 2010. So, some somewhere in between there. Yeah. These are early chapters, so probably not 2010 yet, but. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, I don't remember when AVPM came out, but... So, somewhere around it. 2009, I was, 2010. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely finished college by then. Yeah, so, first performance, April 9, 2009. Okay. So. Oh, I hadn't quite finished, okay. Introduced people to the Harry Potter musical last Thursday night. Ooh, it was nice. so Ooh. much fun to watch them watch just the first few because it was late. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, have you ever seen this? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, Ooh, do I have a thing for you? And they all kind of liked it. But the one, one person was just enthralled. She's like, excuse me, stop talking. I just want to watch this. Cause everybody around her was talking and stuff. It was pretty yeah. funny. So then we switched to Monday. We, we switched two days already. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and McGonagall has received a letter, um, from, uh, Mr. Uh, Reed at Flourish and Blots, uh, about the booklet. And she is like, oh dear God, no. Here we go again. (laughs) But he says, I know what you're thinking. I'd give it up too, but I think this one will work because we actually asked someone who's lived in the Muggle world to translate it for Muggle-born students. Yep. What happened the last time? Because I thought we'd done this, and I got so confused. We, we did this Harry. with, from Harry's perspective. Yeah. Now Mr. Reed oh, sent it to okay, McGonagall. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we saw Harry um, handing it in or getting it confirmed from this guy and him saying, yeah, I really like it. It's good. And I think I'll send it to McGonagall. And now oh, it's no, a few okay. days later, and he's sent it. So McGonagall is amused by, you know, the title. And then halfway through the first page, she's impressed. And by the end of it, she's laughing and crying. Yeah. She, you know, she's going to maybe send it up to Dumbledore, but technically she really doesn't need his approval. So maybe she'll do it herself. Yep. Mm -hmm. I hope we get to see it eventually. It's not in. We never see the pamphlet. It's really disappointing. Because I'm just like, well, what was this title that Harry came up with? Mm-hmm. So we move on to... Now it's Thursday. It's, oh, my God, we jumped days. <laughs> um, so we move on to Arthur, and 
Arthur is, um, you know, recall calling that, you know, he, he has promised Ron and Ginny that he's going to do his best to help Harry. And he, you know, he's recalling, you know, the bars on his windows and, you know, he's packing up, um, his desk, he's going home, but they still haven't found any sign of Harry, which is kind of, you know, nerve wracking. Um, there's, you know, they've tried, you know, what's going on in Perth. They're not really sure. Um, they're trying to find him, but you know, he's, uh, he's missing Harry. He thinks of him as a son. Yeah, he's looking at photos that he's got on his desk. And Harry and Hermione are in the photos, too. Yeah. And then he heads out. And he uh, he says he, he stirred up more than he meant to when he appeared in the Hogwarts hospital wing because the weight of the bars had pulled him off balance and he nearly ended up in Sirius Black's lap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been very curious about the bars. Mm-hmm. So we get kind of his his side of the scene we saw earlier in Dumbledore's office. Yeah. And then they're like, aha, we've, we've made it. You found him. He's staying at the Leaky Cauldron. But Bella has checked the register, and he's not in the register, so obviously he can't be staying at the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. Head desk, head desk, head desk. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Somebody hit him with an obvious stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, uh, they say, well, we... We smelled him. Remus smelled him there, but we don't know how old it was and stuff like that. So they just don't know what yeah. to do. And Sirius points out, you know, he could be using an assumed name because he pretended to be Neville in third year, and yeah, it could could be whatever. And Remus says, "Okay, we're, we'll we'll check out the Leaky Cauldron at some point, but first we're going to track him from King's Cross Station because we know for sure he was there." Yeah. So. So. Then we switch to Janet, and um, they've come into the Leaky Cauldron um, with um, for um, pumpkin juice because Janet can't find it anywhere else. Nope. Yeah. I wonder nope. why. Tom says, I'm going to make it myself. Yeah, because she thought it was just some weird English thing. Do they sell what? Nope. They so sell pureed pumpkin, so you could, well, you could make pumpkin juice if you wanted, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they do not sell it in juice form. Mm. No, and it's. I wonder why. It's not very good that way. I mean, well, when, you'd have to put like make sugar it, in it or something. Yeah, well, you, just juicing a pumpkin would not yeah. be good. No. It's a squash. No. It's not Brown a very they, tasty they, flavor. The, mm-hmm. the description is: it's not necessarily sweet. It's like spiced pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't so be bad. They're no, basically not, making. Yeah. Um, you know, pumpkin spice lattes without the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> or if when but. when I make it at home, I put a couple of tablespoons of pureed pumpkin into apple juice with mm-hmm. a little cinnamon and nutmeg. I think, yeah, that's blend it in mm. a blender. Which is how most you know flavored juices in the stores are made. It's like this is pomegranate juice. No, really, it's apple juice with pomegranate in it. <laughs> a little bit no, of pomegranate you know. flavoring. Yeah. The reason why is because a- apple juice has a fairly good base, which means that it's not like it's not a, a, a bold taste. Right. So mm-hmm. if you have, and it's fairly sweet on its own, so it sweetens yeah. whatever you're putting into it. So like pumpkin is going to be a bolder taste than apple, so you're not going to taste the apple as mm-hmm. long as you get the ratios correct. Mm-hmm. So but the wizards apparently do use actual pumpkin juice, but they put you know spices and such in it, which makes sense. 
And so Tom has worked out this bring your own container deal where he <laughs> sells it to her in, in mass. And, um, and so, yeah, so they, they, they're there regularly and Harry is, uh, teaching them English. Um, and Tom is reminiscing that James would probably at that age mess with them. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And he, so he was watching carefully at first to make sure that Harry wasn't messing with them, but Harry's much nicer than James. Yeah. Oh, so. well, yes. He takes after his mother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he comes in and, and, uh, the youngest Becky is like, Barky, Barky! Yes, Barky! And he comes over and calls her Snidget. Which is just adorable. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Mom wants to know if he can babysit Saturday night. And he's yeah. never babysat before, but he thinks that it might be fun. And she says, well, I'm picking up my husband, and I think it'll just be a whole lot easier if I just go, because it's going to be way past their bedtime and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and the kids know you, and we trust you. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, do the same things you were doing when you distracted them the other night. You know, so he read, agrees. color, yeah. I'll make sure they've already had food and a bath, so you won't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. And, and how much and then, do you charge? And he's like, charge? What are you talking about? She's like, yeah, yeah. you know, babysitters get paid. Well, oh, well. the going rate is. Yeah. She says, you can ask your girlfriends what they charge. Just go easy on me. And he's like, girlfriends? I'm, uh, hmm. And we find out later he actually tries to ask Hermione, but she has no idea because she's never babysat either. She's never babysat either, yeah. And this particular sentence, I am dying, and I know it means something completely different in British English. I know what it means, but the bit where it's like, Janet had laughed until tears ran down her cheeks when Harry had finally shrugged and told her to just knock knock him up whenever it was convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She has the same opinion you do. Is there is there a British euphemism for getting unexpectedly pregnant? I don't know. I do not know. I'm but sure there is. In our area, you don't drink the water because there's an awful lot of people pregnant around here right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's our that's our ongoing joke at work. And then we switch to the water. Petunia Dursley. We go to oh, Australia yeah. <laughs> and say hi to Keza. Hi, hi Keza. Keza. Sorry we sent the Dursleys to your place. <laughs> yeah. We apologize. Um, but yeah, so she's unpacking because she doesn't have Harry. Um, and Dudley is upset that he has to go to school, even though it's June. Mm-hmm. I thought they finished school in, like, late June. I don't know. But, uh... It's not summer in Australia. Mm-hmm. So they decided that, uh, you know, the letter had arrived saying that Voldemort might be after them or after Harry. They decide to run for it. They get there rather suddenly. Everything kind of happens. That's not where they had planned on going originally, but they move up their time schedule in Australia. So place that they can do in the time that they have. And, and Vernon's gotten a bonus because they moved right away rather than waiting. Um <laughs> Because they're assholes. (laughs) And she's thinking to herself, the boy might be an abnormal freak, but he did have his uses. This unpacking is unpleasant. He could have been doing it. 
And then there's a knock. Knock, knock, knock. Good day. I'm trying to locate Vernon or Petunia Dursley. I'm Petunia Dursley. Well, I'm so pleased to make your acquaintance. Welcome to Western Australia. And she invites him in and then realizes who he is. Is this the same bloke from earlier? It's, it's the one Dumbledore was phoning or fooling yeah. to. But it's not the one who came to see Harry when he was a kid. No. No. No, this no. is an Australian this is the, his Dumbledore Dumbledore's is. Australian oh, contact. Huh. Yeah. I've just come around to fetch young Harry Potter as a favor to one of my mates in the International Confederation of Wizards. Um, if you'd yeah. direct me to him, his presence is required at Hogwarts. Yeah, about <laughs> Oh, no, that. they found us. <laughs> and then we moved to Friday, the 21st. And there's a highly indignant voice upset with Tom at the Leaky Cauldron because she wants to hire Harry and Tom doesn't really want Harry to go there because their place is in Nocturnal Alley. This and lady well, drove me nuts. Yeah, well, she's she's entitled, this lady. Yeah, we are. Very persistent. Yeah. Although and, she also has a point, like it's not, you know, just because your shop is in a poor part of town doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to hire people. Well, no, but he's already working, what, like three jobs? Right. Only, you know, he's he's not he's not working full-time at any of them. He's no, I know, I know, but He's closest to full-time at the Leaky Cauldron, and then he just helps out other places as needed. Yeah. But, yes, and you know, that that's Tom's what Tom's kind of trying to do. Like, you know, he's, you know, he's busy. He's got things to do. We don't really have time to send him out there, and she can see that, He's worried about sending him to Nocturne Alley. Mm-hmm. It's like, I will walk him for. there. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, we don't cut, cater to the nutters who want poison daggers and cursed jewels and that other rubbish. The kid would be perfectly safe. And Tom's like, I know that, but it's the whole getting to and from the shop that I'm worried about. And so she's like, just send me my flu. Hmm, I hadn't thought of that, thinks Tom. Really? And then uh, Harry comes in, and Tom's trying to, you know, give him the no sign, and Harry thinking that you know, Harry's not good at reading these signs. And so Harry's like, sure, no. I'd be happy to help. And Tom's like, damn it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but by then, it's too late. So he, uh, yeah. Just, you know. And also, Harry, Harry has come in, and he is completely soaked in concentrated perfume. Because he was carrying some around, and yeah, or actually, no, he wasn't carrying it. He ran into people that were trying to deliver some to Mrs. Fillmore, who I guess is who he was working for at the time. But mm-hmm. the, it was actually an order for Nocturne Alley, right? And they were, uh, yeah, it was really strong. So he is soaked in the scent of tea rose. And they eventually sent him upstairs to shower. And Mom's hoping Cassandra will give up and go away while he's up there showering. But he's like, she's prepared to wait. Have a butterbeer. And, yeah, when he gets up to his room, both Patches and Hedwig are thoroughly disgusted. (laughs) Yep. And Crystal the mirror is like, blimey, what happened to you? Just an accident. I'm going to take a shower and it'll go away. Mm Mm-hmm. It's set to, so it feels like he's soaked in maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, there's no ventilation in the bathroom, so it's getting even worse. Wow. Yeah. 
But fortunately, both the scent and the pinkness wash out. I would hope. <laughs> I have also, by the way, uh, looked up the academic year in Australia, and it turns oh, out yeah. they have they have terms from January to March or you know, early February to April, okay. then April to May, maybe late June, and then the next one picks up in mid-July. So that's the one that um, uh, Dudley's yeah, worried about. Well, but didn't it say June, though? No, he's in, we were, it's in July right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or yeah, July so. 21st. Yeah. So uh, people keep recognizing him in Diagon Alley as Harry Potter. And it's become this, like, joke where somebody goes, oh, it's Harry Potter, when they see him from behind. And the shopkeepers, like, try to wave him off. And then they rush around in front of him thinking they're going to see Harry Potter. And, and what they get is Jim. And then they're all disappointed. But Harry's like, yeah, nope. I never heard of that guy. Who? <laughs> Harry Potter? Nah, I don't know who that is. Yep. So those contacts have become really handy. Because... Mm-hmm. Just the headband was probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. Right. But the contacts changing his eye color really works. Yeah. And somebody actually tried uh, doing a finite incantatum on him in case he, you know, magically changed his eye color. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do anything. And now they're all embarrassed and, you know. Yeah, and convinced. <laughs> yeah. So they had six vats of this perfume that they were hovering with hovering charms. And it slipped, and he ended up drenched in it. Yes. It's like, couldn't I have got the wintergreen at least? But nope, it's the rose. (laughs) The tea rose. Oh, I bet it smells good. I've never quite understood what exactly a tea rose is as opposed to any other rose. Rose hips? I think they're smaller. No. No? I think tea roses are smaller roses. Oh. You can make rose hip tea. Which is an, another thing. Rose hips are the the buds, basically, before right. they become some. flowers. But actually, it's after they become flowers. Mm. The um, the pods, the seed pods form after they flower, or at oh, okay. the base of the flower. Yeah. Then, and you can dry them and use them as tea. There, it's quite full of vitamin C. It's really good for you. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you can do with roses is you make quote, toilet water, which sounds terrible, but what it means is just like a, a, a splash. So you take distilled water, you take rose petals that haven't had any pesticides sprayed on them, and you okay. soak the rose petals in the water for several days, and the water takes on the rosy smell and tint, and then you use that water to splash on your face. Hmm. And that is toilet water. And if you read Anne Frank, in Anne Frank, there is toilet water, which is what this is. Ah, back in like the, you know, Henry VIII period, they used to put rose petals in water and that's what you wash your hands with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's eau de toilette, but translated into English and we no longer really have that version of toilette as a thing. Meaning the process of cleaning up. Apparently, tea roses were original um, oriental cultivars that had a fragrance kind of close to Chinese tea. Ah, so. interesting. I'm assuming they mean jasmine or oolong? Probably. It just says Chinese black tea. So Probably oolong. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then... So. Anyway, back to Dudley. <laughs> well, back to Nathaniel Baker, who is trying to find Harry... 
he does the point me to Harry Potter spell, and at first it uh, it points. It's, it's him leading him to Northwest Australia, so he's yeah. like, okay, I, I know where he is. I'll just keep this no, tracking no. up and go find him, and then it just is pointing him into the ocean. <laughs> And yeah. he even wades out a little ways just in case the direction changes. And it's like, nope, he's just not in Australia. <laughs> he's not in Australia. Because Petunia says, oh, he's not here. And so he thinks that he means like he's at school or whatever. And Petunia ushers him out and slaps a door in his face because she doesn't want to talk to him. He's trying really, really hard to find him. And he's not there, so he's not going to be able to find him. No. Yeah. And she she first kind of tries to convince him that, you know, he's around somewhere, but not there. And then Dudley speaks up and like he uh, he manages to overhear when Dudley comes home. And it's like, ah, it's terrible here. I'm supposed to be on holiday, but now I'm at school. The kids are mean. They always used to pick on Harry when he was around. <laughs> uh-huh. They just need to get I to know you, that Dudley was still doing the make Harry do it reflexively, even though it's been, you know, several weeks since they lost saw Harry. Well, months, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, okay. But it's, it's nice checked, that Dudley's getting his comeuppance. Yeah. And he's checked through all the different stories. It's like, he's not at an Australian school. He's not at St. Frutus's, which is apparently mm-hmm. actually a real place. Mm-hmm. And he's not in any of the hospitals. Uh, yeah. Juvenile. And that's when he tries this whole point me thing and just takes him to the ocean because he's not there. No. <laughs> and we're on to chapter 20 and on to the next Saturday. And Nate is trying to flew in and get his attention. Uh, he's like, yeah. he's not in Australia. <laughs> it didn't take him. It's about time. We're in trouble, mate. Big trouble. What's right here in trouble? River City. Yeah. Harry's all right, isn't he? Alba says, well, no, because he's no. not here. Yep. Trouble with a capital T that rhymes with D that stands for Dursley. That's for pool. <laughs> or I suppose you could do V in Voldemort, too, but mm, he's not but really in this But that's got too many yet. syllables. Yep. You said you located his muggle relatives. I found them all right, bunch of useless bastards, the whole lot of them. Dumbledore fills his stomach drop. Had Harry run away again? What was he thinking? Oh, God. Dumbledore, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's like, nope, he's not there. As near as I can tell, he isn't in Australia either. (laughs) (laughs) When did he leave? How did he get out of the country? No, I don't think he was ever here. Oh, this lot is... It's like, what? You mean the nurseries left without him? Who would do that? Well, the nurseries are like... That activist is an absolute loony. Has a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. It's like, this couldn't be right. He had it all worked out. And this wasn't part of the plan at all. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> uh, yep. Yeah. And, and he wants to take, he wants the Dursleys, Dalvis wants the Dursleys put under surveillance. And Nathaniel's like, how about if I just go give him a wall-to-wall counseling? <laughs> <laughs> this deserves, they deserve that so much. But Dumbledore's like, no, no, no. Just make sure they don't run away until we find Mr. Potter. But he says that he thinks the uncle's hiding something, yammering on how they were planning to send the boy um, as soon as they find themselves a proper little prison. I don't know how this kid isn't lonely if he had to live with these people all his life. 
If he got mm-hmm. away and can manage on his own, I say good on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumbledore's like, all right, he's not with the Dursleys, and he's not with the Weasleys, and he's not with Sirius. Where are the blazes could he be? The leaky cauldron, you idiots. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back and reads through the letters. Yeah. He goes to Fox and he says, you delivered it, right? And he's like, yeah. Fox nods his little beaked head. Well, where is he? And Fox is like, I don't know. Well, he's around, <laughs> you know, somewhere. And Dumbledore starts to actually pick out the clues from Harry's letters. It's like, well, I, wa- I know you wanted me to stay close to Privet Drive, but my relatives didn't actually give me a choice. And, right. oh, by the way, they've sold the property. It's currently vacant. Did he really put it that bluntly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, those were in two separate letters. Okay, and sorry. He didn't know, and he sorry. didn't know. Oh, good God, this man. What's going on? Dumbledore's finally putting the clues together from Harry's okay. two letters. Because yeah. apparently he doesn't read. <laughs> no. Reading comprehension, zero. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, well. sorry, my boss called and she wanted to, we're trying to coordinate, you know, me being on a college campus. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. My relatives didn't exactly give me a choice. There's something in that wording that Albus didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's just like, dang. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's Dumbledore's finally piecing together the fact that Harry's very careful about how he words things in his, in his you know, correspondence with everybody. And, you know, there's got to be a reason why he's being so guarded. Um, and it's just like, Harry's been abused his entire life. He's kind of, you know. <laughs> well, and then all of a sudden, the light bulb pops in on Dumbledore's head. And he's like, oh, wait, the enchanted parchment. Harry, I need to speak to you. Please respond on this parchment. <laughs> Professor Dumbledore. Well, no wonder Harry's you weren't a raven claw. Yeah. Yeah. But Harry is getting ready to babysit. Yeah. Or wait, no, first, he's, at he's working at the new place. He's, the he's in Nocturne Alley. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just like things that Dumbledore does not want Harry to do. Harry's doing them yeah. all. Yep. He did, he did, you know, have a moment of pause when he found out the place was in Nocturne Alley, but Cassandra and Tom had arranged all sorts of things so that he wouldn't actually ever have to be in the alley. Yeah, itself. he's, like, fluing, or he gets, um, so, somebody walks him, and, yeah, it's actually a pretty nice shop. It's not anything, like, you know, nasty or weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Which it's just I sort of, of the industrial park. <laughs> I kind of like, you know, in, in, a, in the sense that, like, it's kind of like the difference between, um... Yeah, like a supplier versus the the actual shop. Right. This this is the you know uh, restaurant supply place as opposed to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's go ahead. He's stocking shelves basically. Yep. And sorting things out. And Tom wasn't real happy, but he's figured he's got this worked out. And he, uh, you know, he's Tom. Tom is expecting uh, Harry to do what, you know, do his duty with it and take full advantage. I love how Cassie and Harry meet. (laughs) Because the Mm -hmm. apothecary has gotten a delivery of um, basically industrial strength cleaners. And the tea rose 
The perfumes. Yes. We've already done that mm-hmm. one. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Yeah. It was the the previous scene from this thread, but yes, he had to go and shower and you know surround himself by with rose smell for mm-hmm. more. But, yep. But it is the it's interesting. The author is pulling on the thread of you know Hagrid coming down Nocturne Alley for um, slug repellent. Yeah. So where would that sort of thing be? And Apparently, there was some confusion over whether it was flesh eating slug. Or whether it was like like you know the slugs eating mm-hmm. people, or whether yeah. it was other kinds of slugs, and I'm like, oh god, the wizards have flesh eating slugs. <laughs> Yet one more terrifying thing they need. Magic has everything. Uh, but Cassie is a babysitting expert and knows yes. exactly what to charge uh, Janet, um, mm. and that we're doing the the wrong, you know multiply by five money no less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a paired mirror, which I don't think we knew about at this point. Yeah. Um, to contact her. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in some ways we knew about it because it's in other stories. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but it, ha- it hadn't shown up in canon yet. Right. It had not shown up in canon yet. Um, yeah. or really? It might came over. After, came out after I graduated college. No way. No, it didn't. This might have been after, depending on when this was. This ch- particular chapter was published. Yeah, the story was started in 2003, but it oh, took a three. while okay. to yeah, yeah, yeah. to come out. So it's hard to say when this chapter was. But regardless, um, there's lots of stories where there's paired mirrors and such. So yeah, it's it's a a reasonable you know, magical invention to think of because we know they have enchanted pictures and portraits and things. Yeah. And magic mirrors are a thing in folklore from, you know, ages back. Yeah. So Cassie gives Harry her boyfriend's mirror so that she has her own, um, which is wise. But why is that Cassie? Mm -hmm. Um. And she kind of jokes that, um, you know, we can't have uh, you going back all scared like that. Tom would think that we have been mistreating you or something. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he basically um, thinks it's, you know, very, uh, it, it's fun. He kind of laughs at the fact that he's fitting in so well here, here in Diagon Alley um, when he, you know, never fit in this well at Privet Drive. Um, so he checks, um, he thinks he's going to start his weekly letter to Sirius and Remus, sits down and sees the headmaster's writing. Yeah. <laughs> goes, oh, bugger. We, we move to Sirius Black, who's... What? And all hell's broken loose. You knew Harry wasn't in Australia hours ago in Dallas till now? I sent him a message, Sirius. I'm just waiting for him to answer me. Chill out. Yeah. What do you mean, chill out? And suddenly there's, you know, Harry's handwriting on the parchment, Professor Dumbledore. And they like attack him. Yeah. Where have you been? And Harry's being complete the the rational one. He's like, at work. Is something wrong, sir? Mm -hmm. Harry, we know you aren't in Australia with the Dursleys. Tell me where you are and I'll have I'll, I'll bring you to Hogwarts until all this can be sorted out. Harry's like you know, don't trouble yourself, sir. I'm all right where I am. <laughs> and uh, the adults are like, wait, what? 
Perhaps you misunderstand me, Harry. This is not a request. Where are you? I appreciate your concern. Yeah. No, I appreciate your concern, but unless something has changed since you spoke to me at Hogsmeade Station, I think it would be safe for everyone if I just stayed where I am. And Sirius loses it and said, you know, Harry, this is Sirius. Stop messing around and tell us where you are at once. <laughs> Sirius, what are you doing there? Who else is there? <laughs> and he's like, what? Is he angry, panicked, excited? What? You know, What's going on? on? <laughs> uh, and, and then, you know, you should have contacted someone immediately. <laughs> I was going to Sirius, but I was lucky enough to get this job right away. It worked out, so I reckon that I shouldn't bother you. I know you're busy and all. circumstances qualify harry no and then there's like a dot 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 sir (laughs) and what i tell what you consider an emergency well well voldemort (laughs) well does does bloody big bloody ben have to fall on that thick head of yours there's no need to get so shirty you were busy and contrary to popular belief i'm not completely useless would it kill you to say well done harry it's like you're angry that I managed to look after myself instead of falling on my face or panicking like some stupid baby. And then Arthur's like, here, serious, let me try. You know, relax, I've got this. <laughs> and Arthur goes, Harry, this is Arthur Weasley. You don't have all the words constructed around the bor- burrow, but the house is done. If you agree to stay in the house, you can come to the burrow straight away. You can even come tonight if you like. And Harry goes, thanks, Mr. Weasley. I'd like to, I- I'd like to make plans for a visit, but I really can't come tonight. <laughs> Arthur's just like absolutely shocked. <laughs> and Sirius continues, Sirius, everyone, I hate to be rude, but I need to go to, I have another job that needs to be take, to take care of and besides I'm using all my parchment I'm not going to have any left to tell you about Voldemort if we don't stop but you but you said you just returned to, from work what the hell are you doing at this time of night I'm moonlighting as a cut burler didn't I tell you didn't I tell you <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is Harry as a teenager done right because I never bought Harry being angry for no apparent reason but, like, this being basically Harry being, like, absolutely heavily sarcastic and just, like, doing his own thing, that I buy. <laughs> and I love him. I'm sorry I got short with you, but I didn't need help. I would have asked for it. I'm all right. Besides, if you can't find me, what chance does Lord Moldywarts have? And they all just <laughs> look at each other. That's entirely well, this is well, time for you. You need to be protected, not doing who knows what and living God knows where. Now, for the last time, where are you? What do you do? What would you? What will you do if I tell you? Harry flirted again. Lock me in a cage. Send me back to the Dursleys. Put me in a bag and bury me. I am fine. Now, if you'll excuse me, the lady who requested my services this evening shouldn't buy any moment now, and I really need to get going. Mr. Weasley, please tell everyone at the borough hi for me. Professors, Mrs. Fig, Sirius, Remus, have a good evening. (laughs) I think he left, says Remus. What now? (laughs) 
man. Phrases it. It's just like Harry, Harry, you don't. That that sounds yeah. wrong. <laughs> and none on of the them pick hand, up on it yet. I like that too. So Snake picks up on it. Yeah. Yep. On the other hand, like if Voldemort can see into Harry, like surroundings or it's whatever, he's good at. In in the fic, it's one way. Right, but he doesn't know that. He's Harry has pieced that together at this point. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. he figured it out earlier. So it's it's a one way you know thing. Say, if it wasn't, then Harry, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> yes, but basically, it's you know Harry's hiding at the Lady Cauldron. No one can find him. Lucius Malfoy was inches away from him, and he you know and, and didn't know. And plus, Harry still has the port key just in case of an emergency. Right. So. We've switched chapters to chapter 21. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So this is my favorite chapter by far, because this is the most unique um, idea that I've ever seen in a Harry Potter fan fiction about the magical world. And this is I started skimming and got profoundly irritated with this, so... Let me me summarize, because it can't... it, it It is dense... Um, basically, every witch and wizard has a folder in the Census Library and Archive. Harry's, and it has basic information on them and, you know, all this stuff. Harry's folder, um, a few days after he was placed at the Dursleys, started going off, which is why the Census Wizard was sent in the first place. That was already referenced, um, in the report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once... The census wizard thought that Harry was fine, and the folder kept going off. It The census wizard silenced the folder. Right. So now Harry has no um, wizarding safety net to the Dursley. And this is why... And, and they did not... It did not occur to anybody to... No. to so this because is why I got angry. The person turned it off this? and then, like, God, he did it, and nobody yeah. else knows it's off. Yeah. So no one knows it's off. So there's no like that part. That's why I got angry at this chapter. I was like, this is making no sense. There's no record that it's like that it's off. One one guy turned it off and then like So somebody's about to go find out that somebody No, 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 no. There's more, but this is what it's Harry keeps Harry keeps running off and like exploring and the the charms on the folder are so sensitive that whenever he's, you know, off in the neighbor's backyard or something, it'll go off and they'll send some and they'll find, you know, he's fine. He's just over here. He'll take him back to the Dursleys. It's fine. And it goes off 20 times in a week. And the librarian is like, I can't take this anymore and silences it. Yeah. And he only intends to leave it off for the night, but then he forgets about it. Yeah. Um, so this right, is. But then nobody knows that it's been silenced. Right. right. So this is my. This is the, the description that I love. So while Harry uh, lived on Privet Drive, his folder shrilled to no avail. When his arm was broken, when Dudley and his gang bullied and punched him, when the Dursleys withheld food and locked him away, first in the cupboard and then in Dudley's second bedroom, and when the Weasley brothers essentially kidnapped him the summer before his second year, nothing, however, had been severe enough or lasted long enough to fully activate the fail-safe mechanism and trigger the defensive spells designed to hide young Harry Potter should the unthinkable happen. Until now. until now, it's just like oh my but, god! But, then, but, then, but so the idea of these folders is really kind of a cool idea because that—that's the thing—is like you know, 
you think, so Harry Potter was placed in the muggle world without any help whatsoever. You know, that doesn't make sense based on what we know about the, the wizarding world and then their mistrust yeah. of muggles. So it makes sense that Harry has this, this monitoring and right. the fact that like they keep finding, so it, it, um, it explains something that has always gone unexplained. Um, in that, you know, basically the Harry, the, the backstory is Harry was horribly abused by his relatives and no one in the wizarding world knew about it. Um, and somebody's going to get fired because they didn't turn the spell back on. Yes. And somebody will give, yeah. Yeah. So basically it's, it's, but it's, it's a, a wonderful, you know, idea that essentially the reason why Harry was abused was essentially an administration error, right. which happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically we switch back to the adults. <laughs> no, we don't. Harry is pacing. Oh, that's right. In his room because he's pissed. He's angry. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't get it. And, you know, Harry, Harry, and who's the guardian here? And it's really dangerous. And whose idea? And Harry's well, like. Well, I mean, they, they have been treating him like he's a two year old. Yeah. And he's just really annoyed. And he's, you know, he survived a shit ton and gotten, he took on a hundred Dementors and won and got no recognition for that fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he doesn't quite realize that they've just all been building themselves up over the last week because they just realized that he's missing. Yeah. Right. Which I think would piss, it pisses him off even more. I think he knows that. I think it pisses him off even more because it's taken them this long to realize that he's missing. Like if you were actually in trouble and it took, and if you were in trouble and your friends and family took two weeks to realize that you were missing, you know, you'd be dead. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Like that's a legitimate, like, it's a legitimate thing, you know, 15 or, or 50, like, it, you know, if it takes that long for people to realize that you're gone, like, I'd be upset. You can't just, like, put somebody in, in you know, a box and shove them away for for the summer and expect them to, you know, come back all hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, to be fair, they probably would have realized something was wrong sooner if he hadn't, like, written to them and obfuscated what was going on. <laughs> Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you know, that's their fault, too. In, from Harry's perspective, that's her, uh, their fault, too, because they put him at the Dursleys in the first place, and, you know, there's... Yeah, that is Dumbledore's Dumbledore fault. Dumbledore put him in this situation where he yeah. said, it's dangerous, don't call anybody unless it's an emergency, or you're putting their lives in danger. So, what does yeah, he from, expect Harry to do? Right. He's, he's not going to call for help if he thinks he's going to endanger his friends. Right. Harry's going to face 100,000 Dementors before he endangers his friends. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's know, also the Dumbledore does not realize that Harry's sense of proportion is out of whack. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, he, he Dumbledore has not been paying attention to Harry. No, like, of course not. The things that really matter, like the fact that Harry asked to stay at Hogwarts his second year while a basilisk was atta- randomly attacking students. Mm-hmm. Like, during that time, it's, sir, can I please stay at Hogwarts over the summer? That's a warning sign that something at home is going wrong. Like, well, so did Tom. No, but not while the basilisk was attacking students. <laughs> yes, he was. Because, he was. Yeah, Moaning Myrtle died when the basilisk was set, and Tom goes to talk to um, 
dip it and he's all like does this mean the school will close down and i'll have to go back to the orphanage oh, and dip right. it? yeah unless they find the culprit and he's like oh shit that's so he, he set up set up yeah. Hagrid. Yeah. i'm in trouble yeah so harry's a little worried that reader skeeter's gonna figure out what's going on uh, the boy who lived reveal all ah! so and he kind of flops on his bed and he's thinking about things because he's upset and then he starts thinking about the box from mrs figs yep and he's, he's starting uh, to look through it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's only pulled out a few things at this point. So he's found like all his muggle legal records and, you know, all the things from his muggle school that Aunt Petunia, um, every Hogwarts school that had ever been sent to Privet Drive. <laughs> well, what he's found now is. Their pros and cons list for getting yeah. ready. So, I cannot well, imagine. Harry. I can't imagine the Dursley's making one. Accepting I just, the I can't. position, retaining the current position, moving, not moving, staying in Britain, traveling abroad, Dudley staying in spell things, Dudley going to a foreign school, and then a whole have list the of chores contact, for Harry. Have the boy contact those red-haired louts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then... His clock chimes, and he's like, oh, I better go babysit. I'm going to be late. Yeah, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. still, you know, he's going to make sure that Hedwig's got food and water, and he kind of glances again, and he's just, you know, even yeah. Arthur's made him mad. If you yeah. promise to stay in the house, you can come to the burrow. Yeah. You know? It's like, I can take care of myself. I understand that, you know, things are dangerous, but it's not I'm like 15. I haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> And he's also interpreting Dumbledore's we come to Hogwarts until this can be sorted out as until we can get you back to the Dursleys, which yeah. he definitely doesn't want to do. No. So he's done. He's, he's just like, I'm not going back to the, that life. My life is so much better now and I don't want to give it up. Um, yeah. And then this is where we figure out, you know, Something has changed because Something has altered. <laughs> so Dumbledore is, yeah. tries a locator charm, pretty much the same as the one that Tom has been doing. So we know that this is a thing that exists and works. And location and status for Harry Potter are both unknown. So he's completely untrackable. <laughs> and yeah, it's, and so it's when Nathan, Nathaniel, whatever his name was, Nathaniel in Australia. Yeah. When he first did the point me spell to Harry Potter, it pointed him towards to England. Yeah. 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 And now when Dumbledore tries it, spins. It just spins. It's unknown. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets Nate to try it again because he knows that it has worked for him, and it does the same thing. So something has changed between this morning and now. Yeah. Um. And 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 readers connect that with the information about the folder that we've just read. Um, and things are changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he contacts Nathaniel and says, hey, you know, can you try the locator spell again and see if it works? And he's like, okay, I'll try. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work for him either. So mm-hmm. then we switch to downstairs at the Lincoln Cauldron where Tom is welcoming Janet and the kids into the restaurant. Yes, because Janet has made the mistake of mentioning that they're going to, that she's going to go pick up dad and Sparky's going to come to babysit. And so now they're all excited for these things to happen. 
and have been all day. Yes. I, I broke the first rule of parents with small children. Never yeah. mention an excitement-inducing event more than one hour ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she mentioned it at breakfast. So it's the entire day. It's coming! It's time yet! No, we're there yet! When's Daddy gonna be here? Yeah. Yep. Oy. Yeah, so then, since Sparky is not there yet... Um, he want Janet wants to show Tom uh, some pictures, um, <laughs> and <laughs> from his time being a distraction. He uh, from from yeah his time of uh, babysitting while Janet was unpacking, um, and essentially Harry is dressing a doll um, and looks utterly scandalized <laughs> by the idea. <laughs> oh, Malfoy would love to get a hold of that. Yeah. <laughs> Because apparently um, Becky likes to play with dolls, but she doesn't quite have the dexterity to change their clothes yet. So she just gives them to whatever big person is around and says, here, do this. Yep. (laughs) And Harry is like, do what? (laughs) Yeah. And so she... 15-year-old typical boy without sisters. She makes uh, duplicate pictures for his relatives. Yeah. Hmm. Tom doesn't quite know what to say about that. And she says, it seems rather odd that he talks about the relatives, but we, uh, we never see them. And we thought yeah. maybe the aunt and uncle would like to meet me before Harry comes over to babysit. I make sure I'm not a serial uh, killer no. or anything. And Tom's like, this is like, I mean, like, like in the grand scheme of people who are on top of shit, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Janet is on it. Dumbledore's at the very bottom of the pile. (laughs) And Tom says, well, why not just ask him? And she's, well, I think that he doesn't want to talk about his home life. And I don't want to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like Janet, like, you know, within knowing him for two weeks, knows A, Harry's been abused. (sighs) B, Harry might not be going home to us. (laughs) These these relatives might be, you know, not, you know, in the past. (laughs) Uh, and, and, you know, Tom's like, you know, he, she, she's picked up on the fact that, you know, Harry's living upstairs, essentially, because he's always there. So I love Janet and she's just sharp as a tack. Yeah. And then Harry comes down and she's still deep in her thoughts and she's like, oh, what? Oh yeah. yeah. Here we go. Your timing is impeccable. Let's head out. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's also noticed some, she's starting to pick up clues to the existence of magic, although she doesn't know it yet. Yeah. But, like, the fact that Harry doesn't know how to put a VHS in the VCR. Right. Yeah. And he, like, has to look at it and turn it over three times and figures it out. But he's never done it before. It's like, this is a 15-year-old boy. How has he never watched a video before? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's reasons for that, but... Mm -hmm. Um, When were videotapes invented? A long time ago, eighties, I think. Yeah, mid eighties. I would, I want to say. Um, mm. w- the the reasoning that I'm thinking of is essentially the Dursleys never let him do anything like watch a video of VHS. Probably uh, not. So that's why he doesn't know. It's not like a wizard versus muggle thing. No, not at all. Right. Okay. Let's see. VHS was released in uh, 1976. And oh, really? Betamax okay. was released in 1975. There you go. 
both in Japan and then eventually made their way over to North uh, America early, from there. Yeah, in the my, 19, early 1980s, it was a format for home video industry. So VHS yeah. was used in, um, in the industry, as we say in L.A., um, in the, because, starting in the 1950s. Because when my aunt and uncle got married in the early 80s, one of their wedding presents was a VCR. And apparently yeah. it was very exciting. Yeah, so it, it, mm-hmm. it, late 70s, early 80s was when it was first coming out um, for, like, home use. Yeah. Um, like and it was television and such expensive. had been using it since the fifties, but yeah. it's larger and, you know, not things that you could mass produce the same way. No, probably not. So we move on to chapter 22, childcare 101. Does this thing come with instructions? <laughs> Fortunately, because of Janet, it yeah. does. Yeah. And he's, she's fed the kids. She's giving them their baths so that. They, uh, Sparky doesn't have yeah. to. Which is because mm, he would be even more scandalized by that, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think he wouldn't be comfortable with it. And he. To be fair, I'm not sure how I would do either, because I've just not been around young kids. So. Oh man! Can you yeah, I don't know. I used to do it when I was when I was Harry's age. I I, I did it all the time, but. Well, and I was never you know, a young that boy small kid. Young girls that are not his family would not be yeah. good. So. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I am female, so it's different. Yeah. And I think, um, not Becky, but Kitty is old enough to do it herself. <laughs> um, and she could actually probably, she's probably old enough to bathe her sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if they had to. But, if they had to, yeah. But Janet wants to get that over with before she leaves. So. Mm-hmm. And, and- thinks he's going to go babysit and then walk back home but they've taken that out of his hands and he's supposed to spend the night so that he's not wandering around muggle london late at night and and that it works out because the next day is harry's day Mm -hmm. off so Mm -hmm. harry can just stay over right and tom has done his level best to not make it obvious that harry's staying at the leaky cauldron because he's like oh you know it's my fault. Janet was fretting about how to get you home, and uh, she wasn't sure when your guardians should come by to collect you from her place. So we thought maybe you could stay there. Yeah. <laughs> that's not revealed that the guardians aren't coming. Well, you know, but the thing is, Janet's smart as a whip, so she knows that the guardians aren't coming. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work, but Tom tries. Tom tries his level best. Well, the thing is, Tom try, does enough that, like, your standard witch or wizard would, like, just accept the, the, the story. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you know, Janet's just like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Something's weird. And from the last time that he's been here to this time, she's got the house in order, or mostly in order. Yeah, more or, le- more or less. There's, it, It's kind of like... Um, so when you move, when you do a big cross-country or, or you know, transatlantic move, um, you get it to the point where all the boxes can go in, like, a spare room. Mm-hmm. And then all you sho- shove the other boxes in the, sh- in the spare room so the house at least looks clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> They're having a duck issue upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Rub a ducky. I, yes. I do love how like she uh, this author writes these kids because it's 
Frustrated at the circular problem, Harry shook his head, then chuckled when Becky's indignant, my ducky, my ducky, brought him back to the presidency. <laughs> He's thinking about Petunia, and she didn't like touching him, so he pretty much had to learn to give himself a bath on his own because she wasn't much of a help. No. At least this isn't the thick where, as far as we can tell, she didn't shove him in a bath full of cold water. Mm-hmm. No, I think this is the thick where he she basically uh, held him under the bath water to get him clean. Which I don't think is much better. <laughs> no. And so... Uh... So they went out for muggle fast food, which brings Harry back to his 11th birthday because that's the last time he had muggle fast mm-hmm. food. Mm. Um, and the Lee Cauldron is much more like typical wizarding pub grub. Right. Um, they don't have fast food in the wizarding world. <laughs> um, and he's noticing little ways that Janet cares about him, Harry, um, mm-hmm. because like there's cozy bedding stacked on one end of the couch and there is his favorite biscuit sitting on the kitchen table. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, there's nothing like, it's nothing major or overt. It's just like basically little signs that you belong right. here. Mm-hmm. That he's a, yeah. And so then we go to Minerva and Albus has asked her to get the, uh. Well, no, we skipped the bit where there's Janet's cluing in more and more to how. Yeah bad Harry's home life is. So yeah, basically Janet has like three conversations with Harry and she figures it out. (laughs) Yeah. He's much better at being subtle in writing apparently. (laughs) Well, I don't think that that is also, you know, in the wizarding world, nobody expects famous Harry Potter to a know how to clean and cook the way that Harry does and B no one expects famous Harry Potter to be abused. So it's kind of like the kind of thing where, you see what you expect, and then if you have no expectations, you see things how they are. Mm-hmm. So Janet's mm-hmm. coming in not knowing anything about Harry, so she's not there's, there's no expectations. Right. Yeah. Um, she's actually paying attention. She's paying attention to, and she's also got two young kids that she's trusting Harry to be around. So she's t- taking extra care to pay attention to what you know who Harry is. Um, and and in that, it's basically you know she's figuring it out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Then we switch to McGonagall. Who has shown up at Dumbledore's office. She's been summoned along with other staff members. And although she's in custom to receiving some odd and confusing warts, Hogwarts headmaster, this one is really kind of weird. And what he wants is the quill that she uses to address the first year letters. And she's also a little taken aback because in Dumbledore's office is um, Arabelle Fig, Molly Weasley, and Ron Weasley are all sitting around a table with three small pensives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, so there's, like, this, like, uh, weird, you know, amalgamation of different people doing different things. And there's no explanation to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so she tries to... Ad- uh, under Dumbledore's request, she tries to address a letter to Harry, mm-hmm. and it writes, Mr. H. Potter, then stops. Right. It doesn't do the cupboard under the stairs or the second bedroom mm-hmm. or the yeah. little cauldron upper loft. It just stops. Yeah, and- it stops. And then it finally, like, it pauses for a really long time. It says unknown, pauses for a really long time, and then 
like like it's trying very hard scratches out England and you know it's it's basically you know like they know he's in the country but they have no idea where he is <laughs> has anybody thought to follow Hedwig well, you can't do that and Hedwig hasn't I, it's, been around. It's, yeah Hedwig's under Dumbledore's request, Harry hasn't been using Hedwig. Oh, that's right. That's what I forgot. <laughs> no, he's using Barnells from Tom's place. Well, I don't know that Barnells, but yeah. So shot himself in the freaking foot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so somehow Harry has become untrackable. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to how? do it, and nobody's thinking of the folder because nobody's thought about that for ten years. Right. More. 15 years. Nobody's thought about the folder for 15 years. But uh, Flitwick mentions the folder, um, basically um, describing, you know, because apparently Flitwick was the one who was part of the team that put protective measures around number four privet drive. Um, And, you know, Flitwick's like, well, yeah, I did, but that was 14 years ago. Like, I don't remember every part of what I did 14 years ago. Right. Um, I do have notes, though. Um, yeah, so Minerva's going to so, go help him. Yeah, find, figure out how Harry could be untrackable and what would happen if number four Pruitt Drive was no longer Harry Potter's home. Right. Which it, because they didn't think about what, what this would, you know, what if that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, another reference that I loved in this story. Um, this is one of my favorite uh, games to play and it's called pass the pigs so it's basically it's kind of like a dice game so you've got these two model pigs that that you, like they're little tiny ones that you get on the kids like model farm animal right. things and each of these pigs has a little black dot on one side of them and then you roll the pigs and various combinations as long as they're not touching each other make up certain points wait wait Yes. Hmm. I had never heard of this game before this, this story. Is a, it's yeah, such a it's fun, fun game. And then, so the first person to 100 points wins. What do you, so what do you mean they're not touching each other? So you, you, you roll these two pig dice. If the pig dice are touching, you, it, it's called a pig out. So you basically get no points. What's, what's oh. the game called, Cat? Pass the pigs. Yeah. They mentioned it in the chapter, yeah. but I didn't realize it was an actual thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's an actual. I, I've I've had this game since the '90s. It's it we um we we got it from a family friend one year. Um, and it was it's like it it's it, it, they describe the the author describes it very well because the game actually does come in a case that is about the size of a three by five card. So it's a very small case. It's just like a pad of paper and these two pig dice. Yeah, there's a link to <laughs> and it. And some pencils. Now, these are big pigs. Hmm. But I thought they'd be easier to see. Yeah. So you huh. roll the pigs, and depending on how they land, it's worth different things. So if one's on its side and one, that's worth one thing. If they both land on their side, but the dot's showing, then that's something different. If the dot's not showing, it's yeah. something different. And there's all these different then, combinations. Yeah, which is, it's just a lot of fun because it's kind of like dice, except there's a million different ways a pig can land. Mm-hmm. People think of the strangest things. Yeah. I don't know how this game came to be, but it's 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 an amazing, like it's a surprisingly entertaining game. Mm-hmm. I can play this game for hours easily, 
and it's still fun. Yeah. Those are huge pigs. Oh my yeah, God. But I thought they'd be easier to see. Yeah. There is also an Amazon link to the regular one. Too. Yeah. So there they play for a while until Kitty says they want to play something else. And Becky probably wants to play dolls, but Harry's like, yeah, let's see. What else can we do? How about if I tell you a story? Harry tries to, yeah. And, uh, I do, I do like the, uh, the upside, Harry's sarcastic upside of playing Dolly. <clears throat> Dear Ron, today was quite educational. I undressed a beautiful blonde and I held a naked babe in my arms. <laughs> yeah. But then he thinks of what Ron's payback would be and he thinks a little bit better. Yeah. Of it. So then they decide that they should tidy up the place. Yep. And because it's almost time to go to bed and, uh, oh, no, so so um, Harry thinks we should tidy up the place, and then we can watch a video. And then Kitty's just like, no, I'm t- do we have to? I'm tired, which every kid does. Right. Um, and, and Harry's like, okay, if you're tired, we'll just, I'll put you to bed, and then we'll, I'll tidy up myself. And Kitty's just, like, immediately awake, like, no. No one to go to bed. What will be? So... Then they put all the toys and stuff in the laundry basket mm-hmm. um, because it's a good bin to place things and because it's Harry doesn't necessarily carry. remember where everything goes and the kids wouldn't be old enough um, mm-hmm. to, to So know. Kitty goes off to get um, the laundry basket. So the kids run off to get the laundry basket and suddenly there's a crack like a gunshot. <laughs> Which is and really he, an he, operation sound. And it's He's like, oh no. And it's Dobby. Dobby. <laughs> oh boy. And Dobby's like, Harry Potter is being very naughty, causing much worry at Hogwarts. And Harry's like, what? <laughs> I just spoke to them. I told I just them, told I, them I was fine. <laughs> I can't leave. I'm babysitting. And Dobby's like, I don't know what that is. Dobby, you gotta get out Dobby of here before they see you. Yeah. So Dobby's running an errand for Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dobby just wanted to stop by and check on Harry because Dumbledore is worrying so much. Um, and Dobby could and, find him because house elves. Yes. yes. Have a different kind of magic. Um, and then Dobby disappears and Becky and Kitty return with a basket and the entire room is completely spick and span. Right. <laughs> because Dobby cleans up before he leaves. <laughs> and Aaron's like, oh, okay, now how do I explain this? Uh, and the, the kids have already experienced some magic, and they decide they have to explain it to him. Well, first we have, um, back at Hogwarts, um, an ex- they're basically, like, trying to figure out how to deal with Harry. Right. <laughs> and trying to deal with nailing down the timeline of what happened. Um, Note to self, I am never leaving my hypothetical children with Molly Weasley, ever. Right? (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Uh, Molly is not on it. No, not at all. How did all of her kids survive? Like, really? Well, first of all, like, that. And also, Fred and George are, like, a lot smarter than Molly and Arthur give them credit for. But yes. It's just that they're not academically inclined. No. Like I, I maintain the headcanon that Fred and George Weasley basically finished whatever lesson they have, and most of the teachers allow them to just, like, hang out in the back and do whatever they want as long as they're fairly quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember if it's canon or if 
a fic that I've read somewhere that they each got exactly six owls and they were like half, exactly half of the ones that Percy got. They got, no, they so got like three. George they got, got the three. six. And they got eight owls <laughs> total. I just looked this up for the fic that I'm writing. They got okay. both of them together got eight owls. And I want to know which ones. Yeah, I'm actually... I mean, charms, it, transfiguration, potions. Mm-hmm. Defense, I, I think probably. they only got the owls that they they knew they needed to basically well, yeah, make a joke shop. So it's basically, it, it's like the genius kid who, like, you know, wants to hit a certain number on the LSAT. Yeah. It's, so it's basically like, you know, they could have gotten all their owls if they really, really wanted to, but they're just not interested. You know, Percy's already got the the market on uh, being super academic cornered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basically they're, uh, they're trying to figure out the timeline. And, you know, basically in the space of a few hours, Harry's disappeared because they knew he arrived um, at, King's at Cross. number four. And then they... Knew he'd been at yeah number four, and then they don't know where he's gone after. At that. a certain time, because Arabella Fig saw his status sw- swing from traveling to mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. and yet nobody thought to do anything of the fact that it took him until like I don't know one in the morning to get there. Well, they've been busy. Yeah. Well, she yeah. thought it was weird, but he was. And she was on her way to figure it out when it got to home, and she was like, "Okay, yeah. they're back." Dursley's must have just had yeah. something weird going on, and yeah, and didn't didn't keep her notifications on long enough to see that it left there again. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, oi, how is anybody? There's a lot of the Hogwarts yeah, after this. Just missed it by that much in this fic. Yeah, there's a ton of it. Yeah, they, they're pretty sure that the night bus picked him up because Arabella checks on the night bus a lot to make sure that nobody's stopping by unexpectedly and so they're used to her and there was yeah. a pickup on wisteria lane or excuse me wisteria yes. walk that evening but we don't know who it was we believe it was harry because they didn't have a record no of record. it yeah and because they were so embarrassed about showing up in a puddle and soaking in <laughs> yeah um and, and they spoke to grunnings and they spoke to the neighbors, and the neighbors think that Harry goes to St. Brutus, mm-hmm. uh, Brutus's secure center for incurably criminal boys. And no one remembers seeing Harry at all. Right. Um, so he didn't approach the neighbors. Um, I wonder why he wouldn't approach those neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> and they know about the scar thing that they he could have used, but they had tried it on him once when he was little. And they also know that he's allergic to it, so they know he can't be covering his scar with with that solution. Well, they, they assume that he's not hiding his scar because the only magical way to hide a scar, he's allergic mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Which I love that. that so this is, this is one of the things that I love about um, this fic is every single time, you know, they think of a solution. Well, that wouldn't work because that's not, you know, they only think about their magical solutions. And it's just like, Harry was raised as a muggle, guys. Yeah, they don't think of that <laughs> He's going to think of muggle solutions first. <laughs> and Ron's like, he really did see his uncle or somebody that looked like his uncle because I saw him too. And he was pretty far away, but it certainly looked like Harry's uncle. And yeah. Snape's like, and nobody thought to go check. Yeah. Well, we tried, but Harry said, don't worry about it. My uncle will be pissed, so we and, didn't want to do it. And Ron is, yeah, Ron's me- remembering that he hasn't been as sharp-sighted lately. 
Um, so he needed, um, obviously, apparently he needed his glasses, his eyes checked. <laughs> Harry, and they figure out Harry made a mistake about who Vernon was. Um, and then, yeah, so basically, um, they, they, they put some, most they, of it together in this chapter. They put almost all of it together. Yeah. And then they decided to contact Hermione. Exactly yeah. Um, so Harry is very, is shocked because he, he's expecting to get a letter from Velda Hopkirk mm-hmm. again, but there's no letter. Because um, he's not trackable. <laughs> He is not trackable also because, and he's expecting Kitty and Becky to be shocked. Mm-hmm. But, and this is where what Scott was saying comes in. That's not the first magic that they've seen. No. Um, and they can create a light ball mm-hmm. and make it turn different colors. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I mean, we had an inkling before that they were magical children because they found yeah. the Mickey Cauldron. So this just really confirms it. Yeah, so they're definitely... And this is why Janet hasn't noticed anything, because all their accidental magic is very controlled. Yes. Which and it's basically, surprising. the story is that Kitty was nervous about giving up her nightlights, so she thought really, really hard about it, and she came up with this ball. She hasn't told her mother, because she doesn't want her mother to be disappointed. Yeah. So, and then they make the, the ball change colors, and they want Sparky to make the ball change colors. Yep. And, and so uh, she's, you know, Becky suggests red. And she's like, okay, I'm going to think about red. What, what's red? Strawberries, quaffles, quidditch robes. Mm-hmm. And then everyone, there, the kids are laughing, and he opens an eye, and it's a very red ball. And so what do you think it is, he says. And they're like, magic? Just like in the movies. We can watch our video yep. now, right? Can we watch the video now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're back to Hogwarts. Yep. Just with the professors now, because Arthur and Ron have gone home. Yeah. And they've discovered a few things. And Flit- Flitwick has looked into the notes, and he thinks he knows this failsafe mm-hmm. has gone off now. Yeah. yeah. It's basically, it's kicked in, which is both good and bad. It's good for him, Harry. It's not so good for the people looking for Harry. <laughs> no. And they they weren't expecting it because it should have only happened if the Dursleys died and they're obviously alive still. But they think maybe oh, the no. spell in, interpreted it as you know left the country. They're you know, obviously there's not. A, there's a timing yeah. mechanism. Um, there's a timing mechanism built in. Should Mister Potter lose his guardians, right. the folder would assess his state. So it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that they left the country. It has everything to do with the fact that they abandoned him. Um, And basically um, it had three weeks to figure it out. And then it would essentially um, after 10 days, it would alarm the ministry to collect him. Um, And then does it work? Yeah. (laughs) And then after three weeks, it like the fail safe kicks in. (laughs) And the folder is like, fine, I'll assign you a guardian myself. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what it's doing right now. And Sirius is, is horrified because he's available and he's like, how do we turn that off? And they're like, we can't really. Yeah, we don't. Um, we could possibly go through Percy, but um, it, it's not, you know, probable that we're going to be able to um, turn this off. 
and they're trying to figure out where he might be staying and and they're like well it can't be anywhere fancy because he he's you know not using you know he doesn't have much pocket money he's just sweeping the floors mm-hmm. and this is where <laughs> harry's wording comes in because snake goes true black unless he's supplementing his income and they're like what <laughs> I just find his choice of wording here interesting, Snape said, in Gorgio. Now, if you excuse me, if you'll excuse me, the lady who requested my services this evening should be by any moment now, and I really need to get going. <laughs> Not those services, Severus. <laughs> and everyone's a little like, young for that. Horrified that Snape would suggest that. I mean, there are runaways who do that all the time, so I wouldn't say he's a little young for that. I'm just saying, well, true. If, you know, that, that Harry wouldn't do that. Um, also, there's other reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Sirius is just like, Harry's, you know, isn't, into, you know, isn't interested in girls yet. And Remus is just like, well, pr- we were into girls at 15. Like, <laughs> yeah, but Harry isn't. Um, so it's getting late. Do we want to stop here? Because we're, we could. we're at a pretty good yeah. we're at 23. Spot. I can't wait for... So now that the folder has been explained, Mooney, what are you thinking about the spec? Are you liking it a little better? Or do you still I still like, like it, it a little better, but I okay. think everybody's daft. Oh, yeah, no, everybody's... Well, the thing is, for me, everybody's completely dumb about this particular subject in canon. Yes, like, but... You know, this just made this, this the having the folder just makes it infinitely worse for me. Yes, like, well, but I, I mean, for me, like it, it's always, um, well, you know what? We can, we can not, we can keep this in. From coming as a victim of child abuse and a survivor of child abuse, it's always really upset me that Harry's abuse never got addressed. And I don't care if it's, you know, kid's book or not, if you're going to put it in there, you you should address it, like, in, in some way, shape, or form. You shouldn't just, totally. like, let, make, make the kid keep going back to, you know, where he's being abused. Um, that's horrible to do to a kid. Um, so I think it's always really upset me that, like, Harry's had to deal with this and has never gotten, you know, a, a way out. So mm-hmm. having them basically... <laughs> having them have to like put this together and be like completely dumb to it and be like, you know, wait, Harry's not abused. Wait, Harry's abused. Like, you know, I'm very slowly putting together the fact that like Harry's been taking care of himself since before he started at Hogwarts. Um, leave him be. (laughs) He's okay. Um, is, is just kind of, it's sad. It satisfies something in me. But then they fail him anyway. Like, Like, I just, I can't, they, 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 they do. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Um, you should be paying close attention to who's, who's paying attention, essentially. Yeah, the, the, the people who, who give a damn about Harry and not about the boy who lived. Yeah, I mean, but the people who can do, technically speaking, the least are the ones who are paying attention to him. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying it, it'll make sense at the end. But yeah, no, it's, it, um, speaking as somebody who has been through child abuse, it's always been really hard for me to sit through canon. And especially as, you know, I discovered Harry Potter when I was 10. 
So, you know, as I was being abused, I was growing up with Harry and, you know, it's always been the, okay, he, at least he's going to get rescued was always my hope. And to have him never Mm -hmm. be rescued and have him age out and basically, you know, have to go through this for until he was an adult, like, and for me to go through that same thing really kind of like was hard for me because I didn't have that like fantasy escape that like, you know, I've got, I can live vicariously through this fictional character who was rescued. Um, so it's, it's always fan fictions where Harry is rescued in interesting ways is always nice. And the fact that the wizarding world has CPS, um, is a really original idea. True. Mm -hmm. And I mean, kids situations like this get ignored all the time by CPS. So, Oh God. Yes. That's the reason I went to law school. So, uh, them, them silencing the folder is very much in character with, uh, with things. I'm glad that you're enjoying it more, though, now that certain things have been clarified. Yeah. It's just an interesting fic. Like, I, I enjoy the, the, I think this is the only one or very few that I've seen where Harry literally pretends to be a different person. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it, it's kind of like um, with the Dangerverse where Hal Ryan said, uh, this is the only fic that I've seen that makes Harry, uh, you know, a small black child. This is the only fic yeah. that I've seen where Harry basically relies on the fact that all he is to people is a scar and green eyes. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Have I read? It's been such a long time since I've read fic. And it's, you know, it's just, it's very interesting to me because, you know, it's, it's basically he, he takes the fact that wizards are not particularly logically observant. Not at all. (laughs) And uses it to his advantage. (laughs) Like the people that you would assume are logically observant, Slytherins, are, are pure blood. Seems to have lost everybody. No, I'm still here. Hmm. Maybe we just lost Kat then. I'm not sure. Probably. We did lose her earlier. Is she back or not? She came back, the cat came back, and then the cat disappeared again. Okay. Nice. Well, have you guys shared your thoughts on this uh, this part of the chapters? And Yeah, and then we we segued. Yeah, Kat and Mooney have said their, their piece. piece. Did, did you have any um, final thoughts on these sections? I, you know, I, I like seeing... Dumbledore kind of get hit upside with the stupid stick and finally go, finally. oh, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I should be paying more attention. Um, I like seeing yes. Harry go, hey, I'm taking care of myself. I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. I'm being a normal kid for once, even though I know how mm. much that frustrates the adults in his life. I totally understand why he does it. And I like you know, I babysit. Think- I think he should have spelled that out for them a little bit more. I think that would have been interesting to be like, yeah, I get that you're worried, but let me have a life. You know, let me, let me have fun. Let me not be Harry Potter for once in my life. Yeah. Oh, that feels good. Hi. You're just in time to say goodbye. So, Scott, did you have something that you wanted to say about... Nothing much that we haven't already said. I've, I'm enjoying this fic. I enjoy the whole thing, and I did not stop at these chapters last time. I just finished it, so, you know. Oh, but yeah, I went a little bit further, but I didn't finish it yet. It's, I enjoy it. It's really good. It's, it's sad that, um, you know, there isn't 
because the the next arc that starts in the last posted chapter looks like it could have gone somewhere interesting and we don't get any more of it, but it does, you know, chapter 35 does tie it up relatively well. So we'll get there in a couple of weeks probably, Mm -hmm. but uh, this is, I'm, I'm enjoying the blast from the past because I last read this, you know, 10 years ago, probably. Um, And um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, having a good time and hopefully all the rest of you guys are enjoying the coverage and the story as well. And we will wrap things up for now and see you next week or in two weeks or whenever we next publish our podcast. <laughs> Six months. Whenever it is. Probably not quite that bad. No, cause so. I plan on getting several of these edited before we start releasing. I have one mm. edited. I'm doing very poorly at this. The, the new, I don't know how you do it. I wouldn't have the patience. The new, so, but we should say goodnight because I gotta go to cover up my chicks and I'm going to bed. Mooney's gotta go. To uh, bed. I'm gonna go make some oatmeal for my next. Sounds like fun. Nice. Just go with your eyes. Um, what? Don't ask, Mooney. <laughs> Just don't ask. Just say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. So. Hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.